on a very special episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen Podcast. One of your hosts, Rip, who's I, was joined by... Jumby, who I am. (laughs) On this very special episode, we decided to go back to our roots with another episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? That's right. You made it sound like it was going to be that, you know, like a special television hour (laughs) where they cover some sensitive material (laughs) like teen drinking or smoking or something. (laughs) At the end of this episode, it says us like, hey, guys, we had a lot of fun today, but we have to talk about (laughs) drinking and driving. About about dare to be drug free. (laughs) D-A-R-E. And then right before the camera cuts, we pull out a cigarette and (laughs) <laughs> thank god that's a oh shit <laughs> but yes we're back to our friend of the dark the original midnight club if you want to look at it like that mm-hmm. the inspiration of the excellent one season of television <laughs> midnight club we'll, we'll get into that when we get into that check it yeah. out because it's available yeah. So, this episode is season four, episode five. We're getting to the end, everybody. And it's... It's sad. I know. We're going to run out. But that's okay. There's plenty of shows to watch. (laughs) But none as nostalgic as this one. (laughs) That's true. And we're hitting you with that nostalgia. With the tale of the water demons. One of the best episodes they've produced on some top 10 lists yes that was on a top 10 because we watched this before that's why we didn't make any predictions or anything like that we very clearly remember it we watched it recently yes so but let's go back to this magical trip back to october 22nd 1994 when this was made and back to July of 2021 when, <laughs> when we saw this. <laughs> but we start this episode with Frank who's walking in, shining a flashlight, acting like he's about to tell a story. But he's calling for everybody around. Nobody's there. He's the first one there. Surprise, surprise. He sees a backpack, though. He looks into it. And he sees a diary with wonderful cursive handwriting. Now, cursive is how people used to write back in the day. They teach they teach the kids cursive in like third to fourth grade for some reason. So I think I think so. I haven't heard that. They know that. They I think they know that. They, they They're only, not good at it, but they know it. They omitted it so they could teach kids how to type at that age, even before that. I mean, that'd be more useful, honestly. I use I use cursive to write my signature. There you go. And that's it. At this point, it's just like a lesson plan. It's not a whole curriculum. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me how to write a Z in cursive, because I don't know. <laughs> but the calligraphy was good. The fool Frank into thinking that this was a female's diary. 
and he reads. I mean, a- it did say it did say Samantha. <laughs> That's true. Damn. But he uh, he reads a paragraph out loud for the audience, which is nice of him. And he reads. I think it's more just like, you know, <laughs> he can't read unless it's out loud. You know, he's just not there yet. He's <laughs> developing those skills. Careful, he'll come he'll come over and <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a knuckle sandwich. How dare you? <laughs> I'll get you, Jumpy. Go oh, no. Good thing he's not in like the texting era. He just like reads every L O L. I can't wait till tonight. Like he just reads everything <laughs> out. It'd be really embarrassing. This this text reads, I don't know how to tell him. How special. <laughs> so, yeah, that sounded sinister. So. Yeah. I don't know how to tell him. <laughs> Batman's journal. Yeah. I don't know how to tell him how special he is to me. I know I give him a hard time because I don't want anyone to suspect my true feelings for Frank. He is touched. He is shocked. He can't believe it. He's been chasing he, after this girl for so long, and he reads a paragraph that suspiciously tells him that he's the one. For he her. does a fist pump and he mouths the word "yes." He's <laughs> just like, "Yeah, can't believe it." And Everyone else shows up right on cue, <laughs> including Betty Ann from the Shadows, That's and true. he is overcome with confidence. He's like, "Hey, everybody." Hey, Sam, how's it going? Like, he's just so cocky now. And Sam's kind of playing into it. She gives a big smile. I don't even, actually, she didn't even know about the joke, did she? No, she was just like, she's just being nice. Well, I didn't even think about that until just now. She had like a big smile and she was like responding positively to Frank, even though he's being weird, but she was just being nice. (laughs) And he's like, you have anything special to tell me? And she's like, yeah. You have a nice fresh zit on your face. And she touches it. Mm-hmm. Or at least touches near it. Just to, so he understands where it is. I always think it's really funny when they do that in these shows that have teen actors because their faces are always pristine, acne-free, you know, almost plastic-looking Oh my gosh. Art sculptures. And it just always makes me mad because they're like, oh, you got a zit there? And he's like, oh, really? I do? <laughs> just kidding. Never got one my whole life. If if you took my acne as a kid, as a teenager, and you did like the little connected dot pictures of it, you'll get a canyon. Just mm-hmm. like cliffs of how close they were and how many of it were together. Because you weren't a child actor. I wasn't. Right? They gave these kids something to like get rid of the zit. None of these teens have it. As, at least the Steroids. teen shows that actually use <laughs> the teen shows that actually use teens. You know, like not the ones that use thirty year olds. And they're like, "Hey, look, he's <laughs> in ninth grade." Hey guys, with a full full beard and say, <laughs> like Archie, or whatever yeah. that show was called, Riverdale. Yeah. Those are all like grown people. <laughs> you don't know how hard it is to be in high school. I remember the. I mean, we're never going to cover that show ever. I don't care if it's slightly horror. It's so, you know, maybe we should, but whatever. No. Never say never, people. Write the emails. Make Rip say yes. No. Um, you didn't write enough email. <laughs> the first episode of that show, oh, come on, it'd be so funny. The first episode of that show has a piece of dialogue where, like, they see Archie shirtless and he has, like, 
40 years of muscle definition. And they're like, oh my God, when did he get ripped? And it's like, over the summer, he worked at his dad's construction site. It's just like, no, he didn't. He didn't develop all of that muscle in two months. That's stupid. You're dumb. This is a dumb show. That's and funny. it proceeded to get dumber and dumber over time. Oh, I don't even know what happens, but at one point, like, the world is going to end and a meteor is coming. Like, I can't remember the oh. context, but it got wild. Makes mm-hmm. sense. I mean, it is in the same universe as uh, Sabrina. You know, That's some... also another wild fact about the show. You know, some some freaky stuff was going to happen. Josie and the Pussycats are there. <laughs> it's crazy. It's kooky. <sighs> anyway, what were we talking about? Frank. <laughs> Right. Try to goad Seb into being like, hey. Um She's like, Oh, you have a fresit. Gotcha. And he's like, Come on, Sam, you don't have to play those little pranks on me. You can you can be we can be honest. I I know. You don't have to pretend anymore. And I know why you're secretly mean to me. It's cause <laughs> you like because girls are mean when you like when they like a boy. And she's like, What are you talking about? He's like I looked at your diary and I found out your true feelings about me. And then Sam picks it up and she's like, this is not my diary. And Gary takes a look at it and he's like, oh, I recognize this cursive. This is Tucker's handwriting. I know because mom made me tutor him for three months. He (laughs) sat there crying, trying to do these letters. (laughs) Tucker is smiling and he's cracking up now. Because we saw this for the second time. As soon as Frank starts um, flirting with Sam, you see the see Tucker in the back smiling, the biggest smile the entire time. Like he sees something's up, like a prank is coming. You you knew it was coming. If you paid attention to that, you're like, oh, okay. He is big brain in this episode. He's just playing chess. <laughs> And everyone else is playing checkers, you know? Like, he's just going crazy with the predictions here. He's playing everybody's emotions. Hmm? My favorite line, I forgot what show I saw it from, but uh, it was like, I'm 10 moves ahead of you, and you don't even know what game we're playing. (laughs) That's pretty good. Like, uh, it was Arrow, right? Since we're on the CW. Is that Arrow? Yeah. Get ready for our CW podcast. We're going to hate ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) No. It'd be horrible. I can't even handle that. And I can handle a lot. (laughs) No, I can't. Sitting through those bad episodes of Arrow. Not just the good ones. The bad ones. Oh, my gosh. And at some point, they were more bad than good. Got to watch all of Supergirl, which I did, by the way. (sighs) Yeah, I don't know how you did it. I don't know why I did it either. I didn't even <laughs> like the first season. I still did it. I don't watch a bad woman. I watched Bad Woman until it got canceled. Yeah. It wasn't good. <laughs> I don't know why I did it. Star Girls out there, too. No, Never no touched that one. Proud of myself. Restraint. I said enough's enough. <laughs> and you know what? Flash is still going. Shout out to that guy. Greg, Greg Gustin I- or whatever. I thought I'd stick with Flash, but I really didn't. I okay. couldn't handle the same episode every day. <laughs> oh, man. That... Barry, gotta learn the same damn lesson again. Let me talk to him in the hallway. The same episode, every every episode. Every villain, every big moment. Hey, Barry, have you just tried running faster? 
Barry's like, what? No, but I can't. I'm just upset. And they're like, hey, don't do that. And he just <laughs> runs faster. <laughs> he can run through time. How much faster can you be? He never uses whatever. We're not talking about CW. He runs through He never space. uses like, the time warping, like slowing down thing ever. Hmm? He's gotten shot before. Like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh man they just I, I, we, we won't do a cw podcast but i'll do a single podcast just bitching for an hour and a half <laughs> about that entire thing today we were bitching about flash <laughs> we'll call it bitching hour and then there it's just go. like instead of witching hour yeah we have bitching oh, hour. Look yeah at you jumpy i mm-hmm. caught that that was good yeah. <laughs> Saving that one for later. <laughs> anyway, back to the story <laughs> for the dark. Yeah, you could tell we watched this episode again too soon. Yeah, got too much good. other stuff to say. It's it's a good episode. Don't let our nostalgia and rants get in the way. But yeah, segues. Uh, Tucker's revealed to have written this to set up Frank. Um. Frank gets pissed off, is about to punch him, and Betty Ann, with like her one line in this whole thing, is just, "You look through her diary," and and Frank is like, "It wasn't even her diary," and he's like, "She's like, you didn't know that when you read it," and it was like, "She's she spoke truth because that's what I thought I first saw it." I was like, "It's pretty scummy, Frank. You're getting off real light for this." Yeah, no. She scared me, man. <laughs> I never seen her make a mad face before. I was like, oof, she's transformed. Like, it was intimidating. She actually made Frank feel cornered, even though he's supposed to be the tough guy. <laughs> was it uh, Kiki's holding him back, restraining him from, like, beating up <laughs> Tucker? Which is and- very funny, because he's, like, three feet taller than her. If he wanted to, he could have kept going, yeah. but he's letting her hold him back. And... They and, probably discussed it beforehand. Please hold it back, Lynn. And Tucker, uh, and Tucker rightfully hid behind Betty Ann. And then he giggled. <laughs> but Sam doesn't like being played like that. Why use my name to uh, for your little jokes? He's like, why'd you do it? And he's like, I wanted to prove a point. Frank retorts that you have a death wish. Classic. Mm-mm. He's like, no. It's for his story. Yes, it's Tucker's story today. And Tucker says the name of his story is Big Dumb Doo-Doo Head. <laughs> and then he talks about Frank for an hour. <laughs> Which is what we're going to call the, the bitching hour of the CW. <laughs> <laughs> bitching hour of Big Dumb Doo-Doo. So he sits down in the storyteller's chair and he's like, yeah, um... You shouldn't mess with other people's stuff, no matter how much you're tempted, because you could regret it. And Gary's like, "You f- touch my shit all the time. What the fuck are you talking about?" And then Tucker's you like, "Appeared on the show like five times, and four of them you stole my stuff." <laughs> and Tucker's like, "Yeah, yeah, but that's you, bro. We're brothers. You would never hurt me." And Gary's like, "That's very presumptuous of you." <laughs> He's like, "Um, because uh." One key thing is that you're alive, and everybody's like, "Okay, <laughs> let's do this." 
You don't mess with the dead no matter what. Especially if you take their stuff. Tucker grabs the midnight dust, throws it into the midnight fire, and submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. He calls the story, The Tale of the Water Demons. And we begin. Now, we have finally gotten to the story. <laughs> it only took us 15 minutes. That's pretty good. No, it's actually 17. But anyway, um, <laughs> this was a good story. I really enjoyed this story. In fact, is this one much. is this one you remembered from childhood? Yeah. Before we watched it, yeah, that yeah. was one of my favorite ones too, from childhood. I remember when we this saw it. This is not one I caught. No, not when I was young. Okay. Hmm. Sure. <laughs> when we saw this on the top ten, I was really excited. Like, oh, I can't wait to watch this one and record it. And it still holds up. It still holds up, in my opinion. The naming conventions for this show sometimes confuse me because we'll get into it in a minute. But I didn't see no demons. <laughs> we'll talk about it. And this that. is not the first time I've had this problem. Like, there's some episode titles that are just like, okay, but that's that's not a dark dragon, is it? <laughs> is it? <laughs> it's really not. So we shouldn't call it dark dragon. The water demon was our friendship the entire time. It was the friends that we made along the way. <laughs> I hate it. Because like it sets me up for something. I have an expectation that's not going to get met. And I guess you can argue, oh, it's not their job to meet your expectations. or whatever. Shut up. They knew what they were doing. <laughs> I, All right? I needed to see a being made of water with demon horns. That's what I was expecting. No, You know what I was expecting? Hmm. Um... That skeleton, man. Fuck, what skeleton? What episode was it where there was just like the... Oh, it hasn't come yet. That's why. Never mind. It's coming. Okay. I don't even know what you're talking about. So no, like, I'm excited. When we get there, you'll remember because we did that episode too in uh, pre-Phantoms. But... I would have I even accept, like accepted... Oh, we did? No, I don't remember that. I would have accepted him looking into the water and seeing the weirdo from the woods. <laughs> Remember that guy? I love that guy. <laughs> Why don't you give all back the treasure? <laughs> <laughs> that would have made it ten times better, even though it was really good. I just that I missed that character. The weirdo, the weirdo in the water. <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> I don't think even that's his official name, but it, it should be. Oh, it was like Cliff or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> his legal name was Cliff. It's government name. <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're we're um we're introduced to a teenage boy named sean and he sean mckenzie sean mckenzie and he is a bad bad dude to the point where his mom can't take it anymore and sends you can him tell, you can tell he's bad because he has long hair mm -hmm. let me tell you someone who's had long hair forever if you had long hair in the 90s your problem, all right. You know what else? Bad kid. You're up to no good. You know Must be in a gang. <laughs> he, he, a long hair gang. Mm -hmm. But he, uh, he ties his jacket around his waist. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's he bad. does do that. Yeah. <sighs> what a bad man. I remember the day that stopped being cool. It's when <laughs> I did. It. <laughs> <laughs> 
I remember that day. <laughs> it was raining. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a uh, he's he's a bad kid. He's disobedient. He talks back to his mother. Mother can't take it. So she sent him to spend the summer. Can you guess where? In the country. That's where. Guess where he was coming to the country from? Uh, the big city. Yeah. I love this trope. They never talk about <laughs> names. And um, I feel like every episode, like I know they're in. I have. They have to be in Canada, <laughs> given the amount of like you know, slip ups they do with the boot and stuff like that or whatever. Like, sorry, sorry. I don't the know. Sorry comes up more. Like they have to be filmed in. I mean, we could look it up, but we're not going to. <laughs> it has to be filmed in Canada. But I think they always want it to be set in America. <laughs> I, I think that's what they do. So as much as that uh, makes sense, like the actor who plays Sean McKenzie is definitely Canadian, but Dean is straight up New York, for sure. Yeah, just, his ad, just the way he talks, in, like nothing like Gary. Yeah, <laughs> yet they're brothers. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's living with his cousin Dean. And they're working. They're sweeping up at um, Dean's father's store. Working at a normal CVS convenience store, but like a mom and pa kind of thing. Because it's the country. You don't need no big names. Just Dean's dad's convenience store. Yeah. And we used to have mom and pop shops back in the day. People <laughs> owned businesses. It was crazy. And then Walmart came. <laughs> big disruption there and, but luckily it hadn't come yet so De- Dean's dad's convenience store is still running and mm-hmm. Sean grabs like a piece of candy and Dean is like what? what are you doing man? don't do that shit and um, if, if you're gonna do that you better cough up uh, like 60 cents so he waits until because Sean is bad. He waits until Dean goes around the corner, rushes to the cash register, pulls out sixty cents, and mimics coughing up sixty cents to Dean, who takes it and puts puts it in the cash register. And that's when he, he also steals a bunch of stuff as he's doing this. This kid is. A long-haired hooligan. Oh, my God. And he needs to be stopped. For real. He's stealing bubblegum. <laughs> I mean, come on. And He really is awful, though. He He's treating this kid like trash. Like, he, he called him a hick, but <laughs> this kid looks like... He, he, he looks like he's white trash. Bro. I mean, come on. I don't want to <laughs> offend it. But this kid is... This kid is trash. <laughs> Dean looks like a city boy. Which is funny. He does not. He looks like a country folk. Dean? He looks like he came from a town with two kids. Oh yeah, Dean looks like a yeah. a city person. It's like the roles are swapped or yeah. something. Which is funny. But um was it so then Sean starts complaining about country living. It's everything closes early. There's nothing fun to do around here. No girls to hang out with. No movies. No, no movie theater. He That's wake. stopping him from talking to girls. Is their proximity, <laughs> not his personality. Is it? <laughs> exactly. He just wakes up 
That's why everybody does. They wake up, work, and go to sleep. Can't, mm-hmm. can't do it. Not, no fun. And he's just counting down the days until he goes back home. But then... To the city. Yeah. Dean gets a call. And he doesn't have... Uh, what was it? He's not happy. <laughs> he's like looking like he just heard the worst news of his life. Dean is shook. Yeah. He's scared. It's like Zebo called him on that line. He's terrified. <laughs> what fuck what did Zebo say? Give it back or some shit. <laughs> yeah, because somebody stole something from him. His nose. Mm-hmm. You know Dad won't shot his stogies. <laughs> <laughs> you know Dad will shot would have took that nose too. Oh yeah, he would have. He would have burned it already. <laughs> or like you know, pawned it for gum money that he wouldn't even spend and just steal the gum. It <laughs> wasn't. It was like, what do you, you sell something to somebody and when they give you the money, you knock them out and take what you sold. <laughs> just yeah. make 100% profit. <laughs> Don't do that. Crime? Everybody. You're describing crime. <laughs> um, I cleaned it up too. <laughs> but mm-hmm. So Dean is shook. Sean's just like, what happened, dude? Well, he's like, we have to do a coffee delivery over to the Westchester mansion. Sean's like, ooh, that's where the rich folk live. And Dean's like, um. Kids using words like folk. Yeah. And he's saying that he's not, that this (laughs) is the country bumpkin and he's not. (laughs) And, oh, was it? Captain Abraham Westchester lives at the Westchester mansion. And Dean hates it because he's uh it's it's dark, and that that dude's kind of loopy. So Sean's like, "Nah, man, dude's loaded. We're gonna get a good tip. It's gonna be great." And there goes. I don't know <laughs> what his idea of customer service is though, because he comes in, treats everybody poorly, you know, <laughs> like trips them, and then he's like, "Where's my tip?" <laughs> I don't think he's ever gotten a tip in his life. Yeah. Like, cut your hair. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't take it. So, they go into the mansion, and it's right next to the ocean. As soon as they get there, there's a note on the door telling them how to get inside and um, which pantry to put the coffee coffee in. Mm. And... Sean's is excited. He's like, "Yeah!" They open the front door. Nothing. It doesn't um doesn't open. So he goes around the back, and Dean was just like, "I'm super down to just leave the coffee grounds here and walk back home." Sean's like, "Nah, man. We gotta meet this guy. We gotta kiss his ass, and we gotta get like thirty bucks tip, which back then was a lot. Now it's just standard." So. They go inside the mansion, and we see a lot of nautical items, stuff. And Dean explains that Captain Abraham Westchester made his fortune pillaging and looting sunken ships around the world. And he just puts it on display, all the stuff that he didn't sell or or stuff that he wants. Like, hey, check out my stuff. You want to buy anything? Sean's just taken aback. 
he's touching like the glass and they tell you don't lean on the glass he's the person to lean on the glass and he sees pistols jewelry rings necklaces bracelet pocket watches they're just there for the take he's like oh I'm gonna take one and Dean's like dude let's just drop off the stuff and get back a quick tidbit Hmm. now we usually do this at the end but this kid, later in life, like not that much later, like five <laughs> years from then, voices Eddie from Ed, Ed, and Eddie, who's like trailer park trash. Like the schemer. He's, he, he is that guy. He's the schemer, <laughs> the thief. And the more I look at Sean McKenzie, the more I see it. Like I can see Eddie's voice coming out of him. Obviously, he's a kid right now, so mm-hmm. his voice is a little different, but. I can see it. He could play Eddie at this stage in his life. That's in a live action. He probably could. Yeah. (laughs) He has like that look about him. He could totally be Eddie. He, (laughs) oh man, I want somebody to do who's like really good at video editing uh, (laughs) to just dub over this kid in this episode, Sean McKenzie. Um, Tony Sampson is, I think, the name of the actor. So then just dub over his Eddie voice from later in life and see if it works. So then would that make. Uh, Dean Double D. He's close to Double D. They're just missing a really big lumbering lughead like Ed. <laughs> maybe, maybe Captain Abraham can help out with that. <laughs> uh, so Dean goes over to the kitchen. Puts or one the... of the water demons Ooh. could be Ed. <laughs> one plus one is one on a bun. <laughs> And he steals money for jawbreakers. This makes sense. <laughs> so, Dean places the coffee into the pantry. And he starts walking, looking for Sean. And he's starting to get creeped out. And Sean jumps out from behind, screaming at him. And <laughs> um, he's like, gotcha. And Dean was like, F you, Sean, and pushes him. And he's like, I'm like you, you idiot! Can't just do that. And then Sean's like, "Oh yeah, who's gonna stop me?" And pushes him back, and pushes Dean into the book bookcase, which turns out to be a revolving bookcase that leads into a secret room. But good Whoa. on Dean. You could tell Dean is from like from the streets of New York with the way he fought back. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> the streets of New City. <laughs> Get off! You're being me. a little specific. Um, but this is where we see the role that was meant for Sean Connery <laughs> in <laughs> Captain Westchester. Sean Connery was busy that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I can't do the voice. <laughs> Nobody can. Not even him. <laughs> May he rest in peace. <laughs> oh, <man>, dark. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Poor guy. So, so Captain Westchester is like, "Please don't hurt me, please. I'm sorry." And he he gets up, he's backing away. He's like, "No, no, I didn't mean it. I I didn't mean it." And then they're like, Dean's like, Captain Westchester, uh, we're from. Dean's dad's the convenience store. We just dropped off your delivery of coffee. 
Dean explained that, and he said Dean's dad's convenience store. Yes, because <laughs> that's the name of the store. Mm-hmm. The, the captain's like, oh, okay, we're good, we're good. Sorry. Later in life, they'll rename the store Dean's dad convenience store and Dean. <laughs> and then it'll be just Dean's delivery store. It'll be, it'll be like a father and son, but they <laughs> just won't do it. They'll just stick to it. Dean's dad. Dean's dad's convenience store and Dean. <laughs> The D- Dean and Sons convenience store. Featuring Sean McKenzie. And then Dean's Sons that... <laughs> delivery convenience store. And then Radio Shack. <laughs> so or CVS. But Aww. too real. Walgreens. <laughs> so the captain apologizes. He is a little edgy. He doesn't get much sleep. Sean retorts with nah. You're good. And trying to get that tip. Um, Dean's like, no, you look a little tired. You should get some sleep. And he's drinking as Captain Westchester is breaking up a cup of coffee, shaking as he's drinking it. And he's like, yeah, I can't sleep. I have for the past three years, all I had was take, been taking catnaps. I wonder one of them would be like, well, maybe you shouldn't drink so much coffee, stupid. <laughs> like, they didn't know what was going on. So yeah. They're just like, you can't sleep when you're drinking this stuff? <laughs> I don't think you know how this works. Maybe you shouldn't buy so much coffee. But mm-hmm. Dean, calm down. <laughs> and then Sean's just like, yo, did you really get this off of, like, dead bodies and corpses in the ocean? And he's like, yeah, I pillaged... And looted many sunken ships, but I don't anymore. Dean, he, I mean, uh, Sean's like stealing from living people's cool, but <laughs> stealing from the dead is so bad. Like he's he's excited about this new job prospect. And Captain grave Chester, robbing. Cap trust Captain Westchester's just like, what? You think that's cool? You think that's cool? You think it's so cool, cool Sonny? You think it's cool just to take a ring off of a bony finger or go onto the back of a corpse's neck and just taking the necklace off? And Sean's Thank like, uh, yeah. yeah. Speaking from experience there, old man. <laughs> Sounds very specific. And he's like, well, it's not. It's not cool. Because you know why I sleep? Because I'm cursed by the sea for what I've well, done. I can't sleep. Yeah. Whenever he falls asleep, he's visited by water demons, angry sp- angry spirits of the corpses that he robbed, coming back, trying to spirits take what they took. and demons are not the same thing. <laughs> All right, call it the tale of the water spirits then. No, no. We'll get there. We will get there. Okay. And I will tell you what it should be called. Make it make sense. I will put on my conceited, arrogant hat for this evening. And be... oh my God, he has a hat. <laughs> it's, it's not purple, promise. Check our merch store for the conceited, <laughs> conceited arrogant hat. hat. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, every time the captain falls asleep, they come after him, trying to drag him back to their watery grave, because they want revenge. You see, and it only happens when he falls asleep. But if he doesn't sleep, they can't get him, so it's perfect. 
Dean and Sean are like, all right, man, kind of crazy, so we're going to get out of here. Um, but as they leave, we see that one of the items is missing from the display mm-hmm. case. The captain is sitting on his chair in his secret room, and he starts drifting off to sleep. Um, the ocean outside his house starts getting foggy. And then we see a group of water demons come out and start walking towards the mansion. And as they get closer and closer, the captain wakes up in shock and the water demons vanish. So we as the audience get confirmation that the only way they come out to play is if he falls asleep, but when he wakes up, they don't bother him. Which raises the question, how does he know? But whatever (laughs) I will say this these water demons just look like passengers on a on a ship covered in moss and algae and and other plant life seaweed and green goo and they look pale so Jumpy you ready for this I am ready for this they look like zombies aquatic zombies the tale of the water zombies the, would have been easy. Nautical no. zombies. The naughty zombies. <laughs> they don't look like demons. Sorry, but Captain Westchester dubbed them so. Therefore, we have to do it too. And, you know, Tucker did this. Whatever. <laughs> so, we're back at the at Dean's dad's house. And Dean's dad tells Sean it's time for bed. But Sean's like, no, man, it's too early. I'm used to city life. I go to sleep when the cars start going. Where everybody's out. The night's young, Pops. But Dean's dad is like, no. If you live in my house, you got to follow my rules. And then Sean's like, uh... Maybe I won't sleep under, uh, maybe I won't live in your house then. Maybe I won't sleep under your roof. I'll find somewhere else. And then Dean's dad's like, this shit may work on your mother. It's not going to work here. And he's like, well, I'll just leave the house then. And he starts walking away. And Dean's dad's like, it's, uh, it's going to get cold tonight. And <laughs> Dean's like, dad, come on, stop. And he's like, He'll come back when he cools off. I honestly feel like Dean's dad does not care at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he does. <laughs> He's like, yeah, whatever. I'm, I'll just tell my sister not to worry about it. But he is right. It is cold and foggy, and he finds his. Uh, Sean finds his way back to the Westchester Mansion. And he sleeps in a hammock that's outside. Captain Westchester just drinks his last cup of coffee, falls asleep, and we know this because he drops the cup of coffee that he was drinking from. Sean's outside, so that's not good. Dean decides to go looking for Sean, because why not? And at this point, we see... Sean is awoken by these water zombies. 
um he runs to the what's that called the the dock the dock on the by the Westchester Mansion the, the pier something the dock would be good the bow house I believe whatever <laughs> and Road. he's he starts freaking out they're coming after him and he uh, he grabs a an air horn by mistake and he starts just starts pressing the button to make the sound go off so that they can I don't know what his plan was maybe the sound will scare him away it's at this point that Dean runs in and he's like Sean what the fuck because <laughs> he sees the demons the zombies and then they're like he's like oh shit what the fuck's going on he's just like get the f- help me help me and he starts blasting the horns and they're calling him a grave robber and this wakes up the captain and of course since he woke up all of them vanish um and he runs pretty convenient like <laughs> what is it reminds me of something like with modern horror day stuff cuz it sounds very convenient like i i just have to wake up mm-hmm. all the bad things disappear it's it's but then you can't stay awake forever so it is torture yeah it's like um the premise for that that movie you remember the one the indie one where like they're chased by something really slow and it sounds like it's not a big deal but it actually is it follows oh yeah 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 like it's like that premise where it's like that's not that scary but when you really think about it it just keeps i guess getting... it is that scary because it just keeps coming it's it's not gonna stop until it gets you and no matter how far you go it's gonna keep coming Mm-hmm. And no one else can see it but you, because you were you're it, right? And that's what these are, right? Except you know, very specific to this captain, they're always gonna come as soon as he falls asleep. Yeah. I don't know why he chooses to live so close to the water. I'd move in <laughs> maybe toward the mainland. Yeah, at that point, right? and then Just... let, give him some distance, and then every time you wake up, it's like, oh well, they couldn't waddle their way there, so you're safe. Just live up high in the mountains. Yeah. They don't even get close. It's not even a problem anymore. You can just live <laughs> off the gold. <laughs> um, so they run to the front door of the mansion. Um, mm-hmm. And somebody taps them both on the back. They scream, but it's just good old Captain Westchester. And he looks at Sean. He's like, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, we're just leaving. And Captain Westchester looks at Sean's shirt and he's like, oh, you've, you've been marked by the demon. Okay. I guess I'm not crazy after all, am I? And they're like, no, you're pretty crazy, but you're also correct. He's like, okay, well, they're, if they're after you, they're not going to stop. So come inside. You, This is where it's going to be safe. And he tells them everything. He tells them that he... Um, he bought the mansion because it's right by where the Del Rio sank which is a ship 30 years in 1964 it happened during a storm and there were no survivors and uh, that's the only shipwreck that he looted from in his backyard but he did loot from many other ships around the world but the day he looted from that ship was the same day he 
the the water demons started coming and since he lived so close by um they knew where to get him and and it's to the point where he times his sleep so right when they reach the door he wakes up that sucks (laughs) that's like two minutes of sleep Also sucks for the zombies. Imagine like doing that walk and then he wakes up. It's like, ah, oh, damn it. Almost had him that time. You think they have a conscience and this is just actual torture for them? Yeah. Because that would imply like, what did they do to deserve this? Is <laughs> afterlife really just this? Or are they cursed? Obviously. Maybe they stole that treasure from someone else. <laughs> yeah, they're, <laughs> they're haunted That's by why they're other- cursed. They're haunted by other water demons. It's just some mm-hmm. perpetual fucking. <laughs> and also, like solving this problem, maybe that's putting the end to their life cycle. And they're like, "Please don't." <laughs> the small, like night air experience is all I have left. They're definitely out for revenge because Captain Westchester said he threw every piece that he owned from the Del Rio back, um, and and. Dean's like every piece and he's like no I traded some and there's no way I can find the people who I traded it to but every single piece they definitely just out for revenge they have that one single track mind they don't care but um, Dean has the idea to um, whatever whatever is in your collection just throw it in the ocean and Sean's just like, dude, no, man. He's not going to do that. He's crazy, but he's not stupid. And the captain's like, dude, that's a good idea. Let's do it. And Sean rolls his eyes. And then Sean's just like, you know what? I'm out of here. You guys have good luck to you guys. And the captain's like, look at your shirt, dude. They're after you too. You th- they're not going to stop once they know you. If you're trying to leave so you can get a head start on a good night's sleep, think again. So Sean's like, fine, whatever. And they go to the dock. They're going to dump all, like, a uh, a pillowcase full of treasure into the buoy where the Del Rio sank. Not mm-hmm. into the buoy, like, right next, into the ocean next to the buoy. And in hilarity, in true uh, the Three Stooges fashion, <laughs> uh, Dean put his glasses on a barrel. Sean picks up a piece of wood, turns around, and is like, hey, what do you think this will work? And knocks out the captain cold and knocking Dean's glasses into the water. So Dean and Sean argue because the captain is out cold. Somebody has to stay with the captain, so he wakes up while the other person goes down to the buoy and drops the stuff into the ocean of course Dean's like you're the one who has to go to the buoy you know that right he's like what why me cause you knocked my glasses into the ocean you idiot he's like ah fine so he goes he's like I can't see anything I was supposed to do this (laughs) and I don't know if that was true I I feel like (laughs) Dean could have done it as somebody who has very bad eyesight, I agree with Dean. You can't do well, shit as dark as Sean that. wasn't able to see much. 
because he was crying the whole time, closing <laughs> his eyes, wetting his pants. That's true. But, um, but he goes, he goes to the buoy, starts throwing stuff out into the um, into the ocean, and right when he's about to grab, throw the last item back, one of the water demons emerges from the water and starts grabbing the boat and more start grabbing the boat and they start grabbing Dean. So Dean, I mean, Sean, Sean Mm. has the last item to, to appease their, their, um, whatever their revenge, but they're so, they want that revenge so bad that they don't care. It's not in the ocean yet. Therefore, we're going to get a revenge. Eventually, Sean grabs the the item and throws it into the ocean. And everything is fine. Everything disappears. And he's able to roll his boat back to the dock. And they even play that classic, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Everything is fine music. The little piano. So you're like, oh, okay. No, sorry. That's the wrong one. <laughs> so Sean goes back to the dock. Captain Westchester still passed out. And they're like, oh, maybe we should go get him to a doctor. To which Sean's like, how the fuck are we going to get him to a doctor? He's pretty big. But Dean's like, whatever. Okay, we'll figure this out. Let me just, we can't leave him here. Let me just get my, see if I can get my glasses because, you know, they float. (laughs) So he goes into the water and gets the glasses. But one of the water zombies comes out and like, he doesn't just pull him in to the ocean. He does like a WWE move where he just picks him up over his head and just chucks him over <laughs> to to the ocean, just drags him down. And I'm like, God damn. That's <laughs> he really wanted Pretty that. Hard yeah. He really wanted that. And and Sean starts screaming like, Hey, he didn't do anything. He doesn't have anything, alright? And then that's when it hits him that there's still one more item. The item he took from Captain Westchester. It's pocket watch. Mm-hmm. Pulls it out. It's like, is this what you want? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I took it. I was wrong. And the captain was, uh, was wrong. We're both sorry. And the captain's like, hey, speak for yourself, man. All right. <laughs> but <laughs> Sean throws the pocket watch into the ocean. And then we get Dean coming back to the surface gasping for air he's fine captain wakes up good to see that everything's back to normal and now he feels it in his soul the demons will leave the zombies will leave him alone and for whatever reason dean's glasses on the barrel (laughs) and and the next day we're at dean's dad's convenience store and sean just sweeping up being normal, not bitching, not not doing anything. And Dean's dad gives Dean um, a letter. And it's for $4.60. And the letter... Well, the letter had $4.60. And the letter also had um, a note saying, this should uh, pay for the gum and any items that was taken. And that's it. Uh, for all the chocolate bars and gums. And Dean's dad is like, does this mean anything to you? And Dean's like, yeah, 
Yeah, it does. And he looks over at at uh, Sean, who's just smiling. And they're both smiling. Except Dean's dad, because he puts it together in his head. And you could tell he's like, that motherfucker has been stealing from me. And we That's fade it. out. I've had it. <laughs> he's not even from my side of the damn family. <laughs> Sending him back. You see him, he's lifting up his back head. And then it just <laughs> fades out. The end. Tying his belt around his fist. <laughs> and Sam's not mad anymore. She's smiling. She's like, nice story, Tucker. Kiki says, it's all right. Frank's mad uh, about the whole thing, but they everybody told him, like, yo, shut the fuck up, right? You know you did wrong, too. And everybody leaves. Gary puts out the midnight fire with the midnight water from the midnight bucket. And they start to head home. But Kiki's like, hey, this is Tucker's backpack. Uh, or, like, this backpack looks like Tucker's. So Gary goes through it. And inside the backpack, he finds some super specs from that episode the tale of the the super specs fake vomit a magic book and he's like hey this is all my stuff kiki finds a uh, a note and it says dear gary thanks for letting me borrow this stuff sorry i didn't ask for first p.s what are you doing in my knapsack didn't you get anything out of my story love tucker he is 20 steps ahead of everyone. <laughs> they don't even know what game he's playing. Exactly. That was, that was cool. That was funny. It's one of those. That little, was a good episode. Yeah. Um, According to the legendary DJ McHale, mm-hmm. the script for this episode was so good and so lengthy, they could have made a movie out of it. They had to cut a bunch of scenes. This is DJ McHale's, one of DJ McHale's favorite episodes. I believe it. I believe they did. He did not direct it. He did not. But he did write it, I guess. Did he? Uh, Nope. Scott Peters wrote it. And Ron Oliver directed. I guess he's just a fan. (laughs) I did love this. He mentioned the script, though. Maybe he's like always on board to like read the scripts or supervise or something. I can see that. But, um,. I did like the zombies. They look kind of cool. But they're... The water demons, you mean? <laughs> yes. The demon name is not rightfully given. But if you look at them like zombies, it's pretty good. Because hmm. um, they are zombies. Right? Their corpse is coming back from the grave. To the die. watery grave. The watery grave to get their revenge. But then they disappear like ghosts. Ooh. They're water... zombie ghosts. Water phantoms. You never thought of that concept, did you? No, I didn't. Zombie ghost. <laughs> it still wants to eat your brains, but it's non-corporeal <laughs> or corporeal. It's misty. <laughs> um, it's pretty. Let's. The story was good. The fact that DJ Mikkel was like, "This could have been a movie." I'm like, I'm super down for that. Just like an hour-long episode. Down for DJ Mikkel to make any movie, especially out of his popular young adult novel Pendragon that he just refuses to do <laughs> the um, Captain Abraham Westchester was in the tale of the captured souls as the old Peter mm-hmm. uh, tale of the phone police as the old as manager the phone company manager I remember him and then we'll see him we'll, well and he comes back later on in a 
and in an episode. Don't tell me what it is. No, like when when this group disbands and the new Midnight Society oh. comes in. I didn't I forgot that even happens. <laughs> what was your I don't think I I don't I know for a fact. I've never even glimpsed a second <laughs> of whenever the new faction comes in. I I wasn't even aware of that. It feels like such a oh we got to we got to appeal to the new generation, you know. Well, do like, they skateboard in? Yeah, they might as well. You know, they had that punkish attitude. They put some beats in the credit themes. <laughs> they used to want to appeal to the younger generation. I want to do that again, except it'll be horrible. They'll come in doing like little TikTok dances and stuff. I don't remember liking it when it this first new came one. Out. I'm gonna have an open mind and an open heart. <laughs> that would be funny. Just do like, but like, if we if we do a modern day Midnight Society, like not even mm-hmm. Midnight Club, like Midnight Society, um, it'll we just be it. one person. One person telling a story, and everybody's just on their phones. <laughs> yeah. We have to find a. You always said it right before phones. It's gonna be like for the next fifty years, the most popular movie setting is gonna be nineteen nineties to like almost twenty ten era, because that's like where things are relatable enough, but nobody had phones yeah. and makes storytelling so much easier. <laughs> Because everything gets solved when you have a phone. Ah, a danger, but he can just call the police. How do you feel about the story? I liked it a lot. It was very strong. Um, The water demons themselves were really creepy. Seeing them surround you is very scary. The main character is a big tool, but it did make me feel angry. So that's something. It, it It made me feel an emotion. Yeah. And I liked it. Um, he played. It he well. did learn his. He, he did play it well, yeah. and he will continue to play it well in Ed Ed Nitty as a <laughs> scoundrel. He learned his lesson, and that lesson is: if I'm not a good person, I'm gonna get haunted by yeah. demons. So that was pretty funny. Yeah, I like that moral tale that like can only be taught by supernatural things teaching these kids <laughs> lessons. That's kind of what these horror kid shows are supposed to be about. Yeah. You instill moral values into them through horror. I like that. That's good. I like that too. Um, well, since we're here, we haven't seen the next episode. So nope. who do we think it is? Who's going to say it? And what do you think it's going to be about? Ready? This is a real hard one because we took a big hiatus for <laughs> Midnight Society. I mean, Midnight Club. So I can't remember who told stories in the beginning of this season. Well, <sighs> shoot. Well, let's do a recap of that. Um, season four, The Tale of the Cutter's Treasure, part one and two. That was Talk. Frank. That was Kevin. No, not Kevin. What am I talking about? <laughs> Frank. Uh-huh. I said Kevin because of the Midnight Club. Frank uh-huh. and Gary yes. together. That was so cool. The tale of the Renegade. Very hard to beat. Tale of the Renegade Virus was told by that Gary. That was sick. Told by Gary. Gary's getting a big season. Tale of the Quiet Librarian was Kiki. Mm-hmm. And then Tale of the Water Demons is Tucker. So we got Gary Frank, Gary, Kiki, Tucker. <laughs> 
Okay, so we haven't got well, we got Frank, but we haven't got Sam or Betty. And the name of the episode is The Tale of the Long Ago Locket. Okay, it's featuring a locket. This could be Sam. Sam, yeah, I'm, I'm going for Sam. Yeah. And somebody finds a locket long ago and it's creepy. <laughs> long ago locket yeah. is such a weird Are You Afraid of the Dark? Like classic Are You Afraid of the Dark title. It's a Kristen. Because if it's if it's an old locket, they could have just said the tale of the old locket. They don't say long ago. Long ago locket sounds like a love story. That's why I'm going with Sam. It's going to be poetic. The long ago part, mm-hmm. where the locket's from or where it transports people or whatever it is, is definitely medieval times. It's going to have a very, I don't know, Romeo and Juliet feel to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like reincarnation. They find a locket that belongs to like, somebody lost a long a loved one from the past i'm thinking medieval times love story yeah okay okay well we agree (laughs) Um, do we medieval times love story you're saying same thing reincarnation Reincarnation. yeah like okay like i don't know i i'm the for sure sam yeah for sure um, You're reincarnated. Who's gonna be re- reincarnated? The um, weirdo. <laughs> nice to see you again. <laughs> it's been a while, my dear. I want to see him and Zebo, or him and like the carnival barker from <laughs> one of the first episodes to face each other. Doctor Vink. There you go, Sardo. Oh my god! I wish the weirdo was a reoccurring character like them. <laughs> Well, with all that being said, any last words, Jumby? Gum used to cost 65 cents. Gum used to cost 65 cents indeed. And with that, we tear up and cry a little bit. But we also conclude another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, like, follow. Anything to show us that you love us because we love you too. And we always will. <laughs>